Hi, you're listening to the Calvary Christian Church Weekly Sermon. We have services at 8.30, 10.30, 12.30, and 5 p.m. every Sunday. For more information, visit our website at calvarychristian.church. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. Are you thankful to be in church? No better place to be, right? Especially after uh, the week that we just had. Man, what a week. I don't care who you voted for. I don't, know, I don't care who you were hoping would win. This was a week. I know we've been saying this has been a year, hasn't it? I was talking to somebody a week or two ago. This is before the election. And they just said, Pastor Jamie, I'm so thankful. It's almost November. This year is almost over. And all I'm thinking is, it's not even quite November yet. There's still two months left. Who knows what might happen? I don't know about you, but I'm a little weary. I'm a little tired. And, uh, and if you are like me, I will tell you that you want to be sure to be here these next three weeks. Today, we are beginning a new series on perseverance, on persevering in our faith and in our life. And if you are, again, feeling a little weary, a little tired, wondering if you are going to make it to the end of this year or beyond, you want to be sure to be here again these next few weeks. And I know, I know it's a little weird I know it's a little difficult to invite people uh, to attend church with you, but maybe you know somebody who needs to be uh, in church these next few weeks and needs to hear these messages on perseverance. I would encourage you to invite them. Maybe you can do a watch party online. You can uh, encourage them to watch the service at the same time and get together uh, after and talk about it. Or maybe you want to invite them to come to church with you and you, you sit socially distanced apart. Uh, I would just encourage you, if you know somebody that needs to be here these next few weeks, you want to be sure to get them here or get them online because this is going to be an amazing, amazing uh, series as we talk about, again, persevering in our faith and in our life. Well, today we're talking about perseverance. We're talking about persevering despite offenses, persevering even in the face of offenses. Jesus was talking to his disciples in Luke chapter 17, and he said to them, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Jesus said it's impossible in this life that we are, that we are living, that we are not going to come across offenses, that we're not going to be offended from time to time. Now, this is Jesus, and he's talking thousands of years ago and saying it was difficult then. How much more difficult is it now in 2020? We don't even seem to have to try very hard, and we come across opportunities to be offended. I mean, you could leave church this morning or go out in your car this afternoon and just get on the highway, go out on 95 or 128 or certainly like Route 1, just drive a mile or two and you'll, you'll see somebody that gets offended, I promise you. Maybe even you'll get offended. The guy swerves right in front of you and you're like, you got to slam on your brakes, man, that jerk just cut me off. Or you got the guy who's, he's tailgating you and, and you're just like, you better back up, buddy, or I'm going to hit my brakes. You know, we're just driving down the road and we get worked up, we get offended. But we don't have to be driving. We could just be at the grocery store. You ever go to the grocery store? You just want to pick up like those last two or three ingredients that you need for dinner. You pick them up. You go to the, the quick checkout lane, the 10 items or less lane. And as soon as you walk into the aisle, you start counting the items of the person in front of you. One, two, three, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. See, doesn't this guy know how to count? Or you're in the checkout lane and the guy is on his cell phone. You know, I... Bro, just put your cell phone away. Deal with your business. Then go out in the parking lot. You know, the cashier's asking, do you want to do uh, credit or debit? He doesn't even hear. You're just, you know, you're getting frustrated. You get worked up just there in the checkout lane at work. 
or at the store, or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe somebody looks at you the, the wrong way or uses the wrong tone or they roll their eyes at you. And again, it just kind of annoys you. It offends you. Never mind social media. Whoo. Never mind social media. Somebody posts who they voted for and you just can't believe, oh man, I can't believe they voted for someone like that. Tuesday was the election and we have somebody who here at the church, their job, their responsibility is to, to post online for the church. And Tuesday morning they called me, they texted me and they said, hey, Pastor Jamie, I'm really having a hard time picking what I should, what we should post as a church today. Can you come down and help me? And we both stood there for, you know, like 15, 20 minutes trying to figure out what we're going to post that day. I'm like, well, you can't post that because that'll offend them. And can't post that because that'll offend them. And so finally we picked the post and with much prayer and trepidation, we, we hit post and just kind of prayed that God would take care of it there. You know, man, people get offended so easy. And the sad thing is, is that I know many people that have let these offenses ruin their relationships. I know people who have, who have left church because they've become offended. And I fear maybe even have left the faith because of offense. And so what I want to do for the next couple of minutes is I want to take a look at three biblical responses to offense. Jesus said, again, we're going to encounter offense in this life. It's impossible that we won't. So we need to know how we're supposed to respond. So again, I want to take a look at three biblical responses to offense today. That sound good to you? All right. So let's do it. Number one, the first biblical response to offense is simply to let our offenses go. To simply let our offenses go. The book of Proverbs, the 19th chapter in, in the 11th verse, it says it this way. It says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It's to one's glory, it's to one's benefit to overlook an offense, to rise above an offense, to let an offense go. Have you ever met somebody who just couldn't let the smallest offense go? I was with an individual uh, some time ago and we were at Starbucks and they very graciously offered to buy me my coffee and bought my coffee, gave the barista their name. We stepped off to the side waiting on our coffee. He got his coffee cup and as soon as he looked at it, his name was spelled wrong and he immediately got offended about that. And what, for what seemed like eternity, but it was probably only a minute or two, I had to listen to the great offense that he had just incurred. How could somebody be so careless? to spell my name wrong. Couldn't, doesn't Starbucks care how their employees treat their customers? They didn't even use proper uh, punctuation and capitalization on my name. The first letter is not even capitalized and on and on. And the whole time I'm just thinking, number one, if you had to type, or if you had to enter people's names all day, if you had to write people's names all day long, you'd probably spell a few of them wrong yourself. And then number two, who really cares? Your coffee tastes the exact same, regardless of how your name is spelled on the cup. We get offended so easily, don't we? And I say we. I wish I could say you get offended so easily, but we get offended so easily. I'm a pastor and it still happens to me too. My wife and I, we share responsibility of taking our kids to school and, and, and picking them up. Usually my wife takes them to school and usually I pick them up. And if I'm leaving from here at the church to go pick up my kids, I go the same route every single time. I get right out on the highway. I go 95, 128 north. I get off at exit 26, Lowell Street. I go down and I take a right onto Thorndike. And uh, one day, this goes back a year or two ago, I'm, I'm going to pick up my kids from school and I take that exact route. And if you've ever gone uh, up 128 and got off at exit 26 that time of day, you know it's not uncommon for traffic to get backed up off the exit ramp. 
It's also not uncommon for traffic to get backed up on Lowell Street coming the other, coming the other way. So that's exactly what happened. I'm driving up that way and there's traffic there. Now when two, two streams of traffic are coming together in a civilized world, what do you do? You take turns, right? One person goes from this stream of traffic. One person goes from this stream of traffic. And that is exactly what happened for the dozen or two dozen cars that were in front of me. But then it got to the car right in front of me. And they went. And then the person from the other stream went. And now it's my turn to go. And as soon as I'm about to go, the individual who's in this lane hits the gas and cuts me off. Now, I need to pause here in the story to give you a little context. At the time, I was driving a Honda Civic, a small car. And the person who's coming the other way, I promise I'm not making this up to make it a better story. The person who's coming the other way was driving a Chevy Silverado, a big truck with a big crew cap, with the big tires. I don't know if he just thought he could monster truck over the top of me or what, but he hit the gas and he cut me off. And I will admit, I was perturbed. I was, man. And so I decided that I am going to express my frustration to this individual. So I hit my horn. Probably did one of these deals like, hey, buddy, what's going on? And he responded to my response. But he didn't honk his horn. No, 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 no. He stuck his arm up in the air and then extended his middle finger in my direction. I went from perturbed to ticked very quickly. But I'm a pastor. What can I do? So I hit my horn again. And I'll again, I'll admit here. This was not a, hey, this is a, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting it. Four or five seconds, easy. I mean, I'm ticked, you know. And by this time, traffic had kind of shifted a little bit. I'm kind of behind him. And we're actually making eye contact through his rearview mirror. And in that moment, he laughed at me. He laughed at me. So now I'm just furious. So now I'm just furious. But traffic moved on and we're kind of going together. Now, again, when I go to pick up my kids from school, I go the same route. Lowell Street, take a right onto Thorndike. And just as I'm about to turn on the Thorndike, guess who else turns right on the Thorndike? And I turn on, I'm just going the way I always go. But no doubt he thought I was following him. So he pulls off to the side of the road. And I'm thinking, this is perfect. I'm going to pull off the side of the road and I'm going to give this guy a piece of my mind. And so I start to pull off the side of the road. And then I had a few, a few thoughts pop into my head. Thought number one was very simply this. That is a big truck. That has a big cab with lots of room to carry lots of things around and I wonder if he has anything that would benefit him if this whole thing goes south. Maybe this isn't a great idea. Second thought I had was, where is this really going? And all I could picture was the front page of the Boston Globe. <laughs> Calvary Christian Church pastor arrested in street brawl because he didn't get his turn. I got a pretty cool boss, Pastor Tim. He's, he's pretty awesome. But I have a feeling our next one-on-one -on -one meeting probably would not have gone real well uh, had that truly been the front page of the globe. And the third thought I had is, David, what are you doing? This isn't, what is this really accomplishing? This isn't helping you. This isn't benefiting you. This isn't making your day better. This isn't helping this other guy. You know, wh what are you doing? How much better would it be if you just took the time to let, to let your offense go, just rise above it and to take the moment and just pray for this guy. Obviously he needs Jesus, but pray for this guy. How much better would it be just to take a moment and to just rise above this and not let it bother you? That's what Jesus, uh, that's what the book of Proverbs tells us we're supposed to do. It is to our benefit. It is to our glory. If we can rise above an offense. 
The problem is that it is easier to let the offense go when it's somebody we don't know, when it's a stranger that cuts us off on the road. It's harder to let the offense, to rise above the offense when it's somebody we know and love who offends us, when it's our spouse or a coworker or a friend or a child or a parent that offends us. It's harder to let that offense go. And that's why, number one, not only do we have to be able to let our offenses go, but number two, we have to learn how to deal with our offenses. We have to learn to deal with our offenses. Jesus, again, he was teaching with his disciples and he was telling them how to get along with one another. And the disciples, they actually thought that they were doing a pretty good job. They're like, Jesus, look, we've never killed one another. We're getting along pretty well here. And Jesus actually says, and that's true. You've never killed one another, but... I'm here to tell you something else. I'm here to tell you that if you've ever been angry at your brother, if you've ever harbored anger in your heart towards your brother or sister, you've actually already committed murder in your heart. And that verse there in Matthew chapter five, that actually scares me a little bit because I know that in 40 years of life on this earth, I have probably been angry with one or two people. But Jesus is Jesus and he doesn't just diagnose the problem, but he also gives the solution that if we have anger in our heart, how we're supposed to deal with that. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, he gives us the answer of how to deal with the the anger and the frustration and the offense that we have in our heart. And here's what we read. It says, Matthew 5, 23, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of you, in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, and then come offer your gift. Bring your offenses to God. You know, that is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, when we are being, when we have experienced this offense in our life, we're supposed to go and we're supposed to deal with them. And Jesus here in Matthew chapter five, what does he say? He says, even if you're at the altar, even if you're in the middle of worship and you realize that you have an offense with somebody, you need to go and you need to deal with that offense. This is not my, my illustration. It's actually another pastor's, but I'm, I'm going to steal it. And also, I need to give a little shout out to Lucas. Lucas is my nine-year-old. He helped me build this. He's my architect. He's my builder here. Some of us, rather than dealing with the offenses that we have in life, we actually, rather than dealing with them, we actually pick them up. And we actually kind of carry them around. Pretend this is the offense. We carry it around. And it's kind of awkward. It's kind of weird to kind of carry this around. It's big and awkward. And some of us, we carry it around. Some of us, we kind of take it to heart. You know, we just, somebody offends us. We're like, man, I'm not going to forget that. I'm going to carry this around with me. And the next time they offend me, I'm going to remind them this wasn't even the first time they offended me before. Some of us even go a step further, though. We don't just carry it around with us. We actually kind of set it up as a, a permanent reminder that that person has offended us. And we kind of set it up as, as a reminder, a sign that, you know, this person's offended me before and Again, maybe it's a, a coworker or something, and, and we're like, man, we just this is this is the reminder. And some of us, we don't just we don't just do it once, but we we start collecting the hurts, and rather than dealing with them and processing them, we we, we start to collect them, and again, we start setting them up as reminders in our life. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's our marriage. Maybe we say things like, man, I cannot believe. I cannot believe that he left those dishes for me to clean. I mean, I cooked the meal. At least he could have done is clean the uh, the dishes. 
you know? Or the guy, you know, he's, I can't believe she expected me to do those dishes. Doesn't she know the kind of day I've had? The kind of week I've had? I just wanted to come home and, and relax. I can't believe that she's nagging me about the dishes. Or maybe it's something like, I thought we were going to split things 50-50. I thought this was going to be a partnership. Why am I the one that's taking out the trash every single week? Or maybe it's not our marriage, but the offenses that we're, we, we have in life. Maybe it's work. Man, I did all of the work. And that guy took all of the credit. I cannot just wait until the next time you need my help. Just wait. Next time you need my help, good luck figuring it out on your own there, buddy. Or maybe we've been at work for years. And we've gotten passed up for the promotion, not once, not twice, maybe three times. And we're like, I don't understand why I didn't get the promotion. The person who did, they're not even as qualified as I am. They haven't been here as long as I have. We're offended. We're hurt. And rather than dealing with that, we start collecting our hurts and we, we start piling them up and, and setting them up as reminders, you know. Or maybe it's, maybe it's friends. We're scrolling through social media one night and we see our best friend post a picture of themselves out with two or three of our other good friends. And we didn't even get an invitation. We're offended. We're hurt. Rather than dealing with it, we just start collecting it. Maybe it's the lady who's been dating someone for two or three years and they break it off unexpectedly. Maybe it's the guy who asks the lady out, gets rejected. Maybe it's our kids who hurt us in some way. Maybe it's our, our parents. But what do we do? We just keep collecting these hurts. Rather than dealing with them, we just keep collecting them and setting them up. And eventually we get so many of them that they, they build a wall. Literally the Offenses in life become a fence that separates us from other people. And even in one sense, separates us from God. You see, it's hard to worship God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength when our heart is full of offense. When our heart is full of hurt and anguish and pain. And so in Matthew chapter 5, God recognizing this, Jesus recognizing this, he tells people that even if they're in the midst of worship, even if they're in the middle of church, the, the best thing to do is to deal with the problem, to deal with the pain. And he literally tells them in Matthew 5, even if they're in the middle of worship, even if they're in the middle of church, to go and to take their pain, to take their offense to take their hurt, to go to their brother or sister, to go to the one that offended them and to deal with that, to lay their offenses down. He tells them to go and take their hurt and their pain that they've experienced with their spouse and, and literally to, to deal with it. He tells them to go to their, their son or their daughter, even in the, again, even if right in the middle of church, to, lay, to stop and to go and to deal with that is so important that we don't just allow it to stay in our heart, that we don't just 
let it linger in our soul, but that we go and we deal with it. He tells us to go and to deal with it. And, and here today, for you here today, for someone here today, perhaps the most spiritual thing that you could do right now would be to get up and to go out of church and go and get in your car and drive to your parents' house or your kids' house and deal with whatever it is that's been lingering in your heart and your soul. For some who are online, the most spiritual thing that you could do today would be to hit the pause button on the stream right now and to turn to your spouse or, or your kids that are there in the room with you and deal with the pain, with the offense that you have in your family. For some that are online, the best thing you could do is, is to stop the stream right now, to pick up the phone and to, again, to call that parent or to call that friend that you've been having difficulty with, that you have offense with and deal with the pain. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to take our offenses, to stop carrying them around, to stop holding on to them, stop building walls in our life. He wants us to take them and to deal with them. Whether it's our family, or our friends, or whoever it may be. God wants us to take our offenses and deal with them. Now, I need to pause here for just a moment to be clear. Because all the examples I've given so far, I've said you need to go to the person and deal with the offense that you have. And that is true in many cases, most cases, but it is not true in all cases. For example... If you're here today and you've experienced abuse, the way to deal with your abuse is not to go to the person necessarily who abused you, but it might be to come and talk with a pastor. Or the way that you need to deal with the, the abuse, the offense that you've incurred in life is to figure out what counselor you're gonna call tomorrow morning and set up an appointment with. You need to deal with it, but the way to deal with it is not by going to the person. But so many people they keep the wall built throughout their whole life. They fail to persevere in their life and in their faith because they fail to deal with the offenses that they have. Now, I know what some of you are saying, and musicians, you can come. I know what some of you are saying. Pastor James, you have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea the offenses that I've incurred in my life, the pain that I've felt. And to that... I would say you're absolutely right. I have no idea. But he does. The book of Hebrews puts it this way. It's a verse. You probably know it well. It says, For we do not have a great high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. What's it saying? It's saying Jesus knows everything we have gone through. Jesus knows everything we are going through. And he can empathize. He can sympathize with us. He can empathize and sympathize with the offenses we've felt in this life because he has been offended more than anyone else. I don't know what you've been through, but he does. I'm not a, a pilot. I don't know anything about airplanes, really. I only fly maybe a couple of times a year. I really know nothing about planes. But I do know that if you ask any pilot if they would rather take off flying into the wind or if they would rather uh, take off flying with the wind, every single pilot would tell you that they would rather take off flying into the wind. Why? Because it's the wind that provides the friction, the lift that they, that they need to get the plane off of the air. 
And again, I don't know anything about planes. If you'd ask me what's the best way to take off, I'd say take off with the wind at your back. I mean, it gives you a little extra push and get up the speed faster. It'd be easier and quicker to get up into the air. But again, ask any pilot. They'd rather take off flying into the wind. The same thing's true with our life. We would rather, we would think it would be easier to take off with the wind at our back. If life was just a little bit easier, but just had a little bit of extra momentum, it'd be easier to, to rise above uh, my problems and my difficulties and my pains, but it's actually the problems and the difficulties and the pain, the, the wind, the turbulence that we face that, that allows us to have the lift that we need if we will take that pain to God. The Bible doesn't talk about planes. The Bible was written thousands of years ago. Planes are a modern invention. The Bible doesn't talk about planes, but it does talk about flight. And in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. When we come to God, he literally lifts us above the pain. He lifts us above the offense that we have feel, we felt in this life. And so many people, they've allowed themselves to be weighted down by their offense. They don't give it to God, they don't bring it to God and they're allowing themselves to be weighted down. But when we come to God, even in those difficult moments, he can, he can lift us above them all. Now, I wanna be clear about what I'm, what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that we somehow you know, hide our, our problems and our pain. We say things like, I don't, it didn't really bother me. That didn't really affect me. We say things like that. That's not dealing with our problems. That's not bringing our problems to God. That's lying is what that is. And I'm not saying that our pain shouldn't, our, our, these offenses shouldn't hurt. Sometimes they hurt. Sometimes they hurt a lot. Sometimes they cut really deep. Sometimes they leave lifelong scars. I'm not saying it shouldn't hurt, but what I am saying is that when we bring our pain, when we bring our offenses to God, he can make them 1,000 times better. Jesus said, it is impossible. It is impossible that offense will not come. We're gonna face offense in this life. The question is, what are we gonna do with it? Are we gonna allow it to knock us off course or are we gonna respond as we should? and persevere in our faith and in our life. Would you pray with me? Father, we're thankful for these moments around your word. Lord, we pray that you would solidify them upon our heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, at this time, the ushers are gonna get ready to come and dismiss us. Let me just say that you wanna be sure to be back here next week for week two of our series on perseverance. Again, you wanna be sure to bring someone along with you for this special, special series that we find ourselves in. But at this time we have a video for you and again the ushers are gonna come and dismiss us.